Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For Jax's wedding present, I'm doing a boudoir shoot. You guys, tomorrow is one month oh my till gosh. wedding day. Is it boudoir or boudoir? Or boudoir. I want, like, the curvature of your tits to be out, but, yeah. like, not a nipple. I like that. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. We're going to get to Vanderpump Rules in just a second. Before we do, I have to say, I've had a week, you guys. I have had a week. I had my appendix removed unexpectedly. I want to just back up for a second. So last week, I recorded the Vanderpump Rules recap on Monday. Earlier on Monday, like early uh, evening-ish. And I wasn't really feeling well uh, a few days before then. I started to feel like I was getting sick again, which I had just been sick in November. So it was a little disconcerting that I was starting to get some of the similar symptoms that I had in November. And so I made an appointment with my primary care doctor for Tuesday morning. And that was just because I was having some similar symptoms, but I wasn't too bad. I was just feeling a little sick and a little bit concerned about it. And then cut to Monday evening, I started to get the worst stomach ache of my entire life. It started around 8 p.m. and it felt really, really painful. It was like somebody was stabbing me and it just kept getting worse. And I had thought maybe it was like food poisoning or something like that. And I don't know if you guys have gone through something like this where you just keep thinking it's going to get, like you assume it's going to get better. And I kept saying in my head, I was like, well, I have an appointment with my doctor uh, on Tuesday morning, the next morning. So I was like, just get through it, get through the night. Um, But it just kept going. It was like I had to sleep on the bathroom floor. uh, And then I started, this is maybe TMI, but I started throwing up around 10 p.m. and then it didn't stop. I was just on the bathroom floor till about 5 a.m. I could not move, truly felt like somebody was stabbing me in the stomach, in the middle part of my stomach. And then uh, around 5 a.m., I was able to move to my bed and it didn't feel so much like the pain subsided. It was just like my body gave up. It was like, that sounds so dark, but I just moved to the bed and then I was able to shut my eyes for about an hour and a half. Uh, and when I woke up, the pain had subsided a little bit at that point when I had woken up, uh, but it also had moved to a different part of like my my stomach, my belly. Um, so it had moved moved to um, to the bottom right, uh, but it had subsided enough that I was able to like manage it. And I thought, okay, I can wait till I get to my my doctor. So then I went to my doctor on I don't know 10 a.m. or something, and my doctor was like, you need to get to the ER immediately. So he sent me off to the emergency room. I don't know why I'm laughing. Uh, I literally don't have an appendix anymore. I, I Just like Shannon Bedore, I don't have a core. I truly do not have a core anymore. The appendix was removed. But so I got to the ER, and the emergency room is very not a great place. It's just like sick people everywhere. And it was scary. So it was so crowded. They had put me in uh, a room it wasn't even a room, it was like the ambulance bay, because they were so crowded, they had to like section off the ambulance bay. And they took CT scans, and they were like, okay, you need to have your appendix removed immediately. 
And that was really scary to me because it's like, I've only had surgery, I think, once or twice if you got my wisdom teeth. And so I was so terrified and they didn't even give like an option. It was just like, okay, you need to have it removed right away. And so then I was in the hospital for the next, I don't know, 24 hours or whatever. Uh, and they had to remove my appendix, but it was a scary experience. And I'm still on the mend. So if I sound not quite like myself, I'm still very weak. And this episode might, might be a little bit shorter than normal. I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, but I'm still not quite myself. And the healing process has been a little bit tougher than I imagined. Like I can't really move. It's hard for me to sit up and down. Uh, I've just been watching so much fucking TV, you guys. I've watched, I've watched it all. I've watched every single thing on the television. And, um, but I have to say, it was such a scary, scary experience. And the doctors and nurses at Cedar Sinai here in LA were so kind to me. And you know how I feel about nurses. I think they're just the best people in the world. There was this one nurse as I was going into surgery, she was in the room with me and she could tell I was really scared. And she held my hand so maternally, like as I was going to the room. And then as I was drifting off from the anesthesia, like I remember holding her hand and she was just so sweet. And it was like, for such a scary time, it means so much to have a nurse or a doctor who's got some good bedside manner and is so kind and makes you feel better about what's happening because it can be a scary thing. So if you're a nurse out there, I love you. Thank you. And a doctor, God bless you. Um, I have to say too, real quick, we'll get to Vanderpump, but I have to say one of the nurses that came in, keep in mind, I was on a lot of morphine. Like they just drip morphine into you and they're like, how are you doing? And you you can just say like, run up the morphine, <laughs> like, give me more. Like Britney Spears in uh, 07, you're just like, give me more, bitch. I need some more morphine. And they just loaded in on the IV. Um, but so I was on a lot of morphine. And one of the nurses that came in, she's like, hi, my name is Fran. And I, I was like, oh, my God, I love the name Fran. And Matt was sitting with me. And he's like, he does. He loves the name Fran. <laughs> he's like, he loves the name Fran. He's a big fan of the nanny. Um, and she's like, well, my name's Francis, but I go by Fran. And I was like, it's just the best name. And then, uh, I couldn't stop telling everyone about this nurse named Fran. <laughs> How gay am I? Like I, <laughs> and I had went into the, um, after, uh, after they prep you for the surgery, they bring you into the room and they don't put the anesthesia in yet, but they do put in some sort of, they call it like a relaxation cocktail or something. And so they wheel me in. And I was telling that maternal nurse, I don't remember her name, but I was telling her how I met another nurse named Fran. And then I started singing the nanny theme song, of course, one of the most iconic songs of all time. And I was just like, she was working in a bridal shop in Flush and Queens. And I didn't remember this. But after I came out of surgery, the nurse was like, do you remember singing the nanny theme? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't remember that. And she said, you fell asleep. Like, as we were giving you anesthesia, we normally have people count down from five or whatever it is. And she said, you were just singing the name. <laughs> oh, I, it hurts to laugh, you guys. I can't laugh at myself today. I can't. Um, I'll try not. I know some people hate when I laugh at myself. I, I get it. It's annoying. But uh, I was apparently, as I got under anesthesia, <laughs> oh, it hurts to laugh. Um I was just singing the nanny theme at the whole operating room. She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her family. So, 
put that on Grey's Anatomy, folks. Like, where's that episode? Um, but everything went well. The surgery went well. I have no more appendix. I have no core. And, uh, if, yeah, if I'm a little weak the next week or two, I apologize if I'm not 100% myself, but I'm getting there. I'm on the mend. I have to say, I'm a little concerned about my mental health too. That's a tale for another time, but it's hard to not be able to do too much. And so I'm doing my best to keep up with my mental health and do some meditation and journaling because I can't move that much. I've been trying to take walks and stuff, but uh, anyway, I was relieved to know that there was a nurse named Fran uh, in my my, uh, hospital during this experience. And Matt was there with me. Great. So we got to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Uh, real quickly, again, before we do, I have to mention the live shows. There's just a handful of tickets for all of the live shows. You could go to everythingiconic.com. On the top right of the page, there's a tab that says live shows. If you click on that, uh, a few of the cities are sold out already, which I'm so excited about. Uh, and then there it really is just limited tickets for the other ones. So if you're interested, go over there and check it out. I'd love to see all of you uh, in uh, February, March, and April. Can't wait. So on Vanderpump Rules, previously we had Kristen storm out of the housewarming. And look, this week I thought maybe in the opening credits that they would digitally add Ken in because he wasn't in the premiere. Remember we talked about that. I was so shocked that Ken wasn't in the premiere photo uh, for that opening cast photo. And they didn't digitally add him in, which was shocking to me. I thought maybe they'd just slice him in there and pretend like, oh, he's been there the whole time, but they didn't. Uh, anyway, we open with Brittany getting her hair and makeup done. She's doing a boudoir. <laughs> she said, um, she said she's doing, I'm doing a boudoir shirt. Is it boudoir, boudoir, boudoir? She couldn't say it. And I, lo- I love Brittany's accent. I missed it. But I have to say, one of the things that does bother me a little bit about Brit is that she does things that are seemingly out of character for her, and then acts surprised as she's doing them. So it was like, she's doing this boudoir shoot for Jax, and she's like laughing and giggling as if like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this. It's And it to me, it rings false, because it's like, well, you're in the middle of doing this thing, and you shouldn't be so shocked that you signed up to do it. Like, you hired the hair and makeup people, you brought them in, and you're doing this, and I think it's a great idea. It's a, I always say you should do uh, sexy photos while you're young, while you got the good body and everything. And then you could look at them when you're old. I haven't done it yet because I haven't quite gotten the sexy body that I want. But I do think it's a good idea to do some sexy photos when you have youth on your side. Uh, and then when you're old, you could look at them and be like, oh my God, look how hot I looked. So I do like the idea of it. It's just like, Brittany, I feel like she's, I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like she's always doing something that is kind of out of character for a stereotypical Southern gal, you know, who's prim and proper. And then she's acting like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. But Lala and Stasi come over to help her. Lala says, I want the curvature of your tits to be out. That's an exact quote, direct quote from Lala. And then Brittany responded with, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I want to do that. Uh, but there was a moment I have to mention during this scene where Stasi had come over and she was helping Brittany with like the look of the photos. And then Stasi was telling in her confessional about what she would do in a boudoir shoot. So she was saying, well, if I was doing it, I would have ranch in a bathtub. I feel like if I did a boudoir photo shoot for Beau, I would be styled as Daenerys in a giant tub filled with ranch. Oh God, it's so cute. Who could resist that? Playboy. Also, what the fuck was that music in the background? Stasi was talking about being in the tub of ranch. It was like, like what was that? Who scored that? What was? And to that, I say Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman. Wish 
James Horner could never. It was like the most bizarre scoring, uh, musical scoring in the background of a Vanderpump Rules scene I've ever heard. I know we talk about the transition music a lot, but that was, Stassi was like, I'll be in a, a tub full of ranch. And they were just in the background like, <laughs> what the fuck was going on there? In a giant tub filled with ranch. Oh, that is so cute. Who could resist that? Playboy? Anyway, the big uh, stuff of the episode is that Brittany and Jax are having their bachelor bachelorette party in Miami. And Brittany says that Carter's not going to the wedding anymore because like, Kristen is telling everyone that Carter and her had broken up. And so they have to literally uninvite Carter to the bachelor party. And we got a little bit of a taste of Carter, and we'll talk about this later when he was talking to Jax. But I can't get a good read on Carter. I used to think that he was still sort of a smart person and he was scamming Kristen. And now I'm starting to get the impression that he's not purposely scamming her. He's just very stupid. (laughs) That's mean. I know that's mean. But I kind of feel like there's nothing going on in that head of his. Maybe I'm making that up. Maybe I'm not uh, aware of something. But I used to at least think there was something going on upstairs. And now when I heard him talking to Jax, I was thinking there's just some, uh, what are those, (laughs) those in the desert when they show like a desert scene in a cartoon, those dust balls. I feel like there's just dust balls running around in Carter's set. I don't think there's much going on up there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, Lala, uh, Brittany says that they have to uninvite Carter. So she eventually tells Jax, we need to uninvite him to the bachelor party. Uh, Lala, meanwhile, says she's going to the studio with James. And look, it's feeling to me like James is going to be a, very much a side character in this season. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Because I think we have too big of a cast. And I said it before, and I'll say it again, I think there's just too many people in that opening credit shot. And they're all getting a lot of screen time. And I'm finding it might be hard. I mean, we literally have enough people for two shows, but we're doing one show. And so it's a little troubling to me that I feel like we're going to be so uh, divide. Like we're only going to get little tiny moments with these people. And I'm a little bit worried about that moving forward, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, then we cut to Lisa at Villa Rosa. Brett, the new guy, one of the new guys, is her trainer now. I thought, good for her. Good for her. I would hire a Hawkeye to train me. I wish I could do it now. I wish I could afford it now. But uh, unfortunately, I can't. But when I'm Lisa's age, certainly, I would love to have someone coming to my uh, estate and just training me, looking good. I like that. Uh, But Brett is still talking shit about Sheena, which I don't like. Sheena, she, she. I know some of you corrected me that Lala actually calls Sheena Shishu, but we're going to call her Shishi because that's what we started to do. So Shishi, I'm really upset that Brett's uh, still talking shit about Shishi. You know, this is the year of Shishi. We're supporting her this season. That's what I've decided to do. And uh, I do not like that these men think they could just come on to a Shishi show. Shishi started this show, y'all. She was the one who span it off with Brandy Glanville. Without Shishi, this whole house of cards would come falling down. We wouldn't have a show. The only reason we got viewers was because Shishi sat down with Brandy Glanville on an episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills, and then when she left that sit-down, she went into the back of uh, Sir, and we followed her. And we must never forget our history, because Shishi started it all. And the fact that this new guy is just coming in, coming in hot, talking about our Shishi after she is the only reason you have a show, Brett. And here you are. He said, Sheen and I made out for only two seconds in our kitchen. You would act like I got on one knee and proposed. And maybe that happened. Maybe so, Brett. But I do not need you talking shit about our Shishi when uh, she got you this gig. Don't like it. I do not care for it. Him and Max think they could just say whatever. Uh, these men think they could just say, are you guys watching Blow Duck? Ugh. 
blow dick is what it should be called because these guys they're going uh too hard i hate all the men right now on the bravo and now these brett and max they seem like they'd fit in right with those blow deck guys those blow deck guys are just saying the worst things or treating the women the worst they're just being the absolute worst the absolute worst and here comes brett and this max and maybe they're good guys maybe we'll see another side of them i hate to stereotype but uh, i'm not liking brett i'm not liking how he's coming in hot anyway then we cut to jacks working at sir again feels weird sheena's training Charlie, a new girl, Brett, and Dana. Now, Charlie, I'm very curious to see if we're going to see a lot more of Charlie. I think they had Charlie in some of the cast photos. It's a little confusing. A lot of the new people look alike to me. Like, Brett and Max definitely look alike. Dana and somebody else look alike that they showed in some of the preview photos. So, I'm having trouble keeping them all apart. Charlie is beautiful, though, and Peter hits on her right away. And I'm getting a very sad vibe out of Peter this season. I think it was that whole sit down with Dana last week, but. It's making me sad that then he was hitting on Charlie. Uh, anyway, Sheena's definitely hazing Dana. And look, as much as I want to support Shishi, she's not supporting other women. She's not. I know she's got this little rivalry with Dana uh, that feels very staged to me, but I do not like that Sheena's hazing her and making her polish things because, quite frankly, that's not supporting other women. And so uh, I'm a little concerned about that. And uh, again, it feels stagey to me. I don't know the new people, you guys. I've been very hopeful, and I don't know. I don't know, you guys. The new people, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Dana says that Max is picking her up for work, and this relationship, I I see no chemistry between Dana and Max on screen. None. I don't see not a drop of chemistry. And here they are telling us about their relationship and how Max says he... He dated a girl for a while, and then he was focusing on work, and then he met Dana, and he just couldn't stay away. And I thought, I don't know if that's true, Max. I think you're just wanting this relationship for the show, because you know it gives you a storyline. And that's smart producing, but it's not what we want to see. Then we cut to Lala and her brother Easton in the studio with James. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've ever met Easton before. He's apparently a rapper of some sort. And I was trying to listen to the lyrics of his rapping, and I think there was something about depression, which I salute. If he is doing a song, I think Lala had mentioned they were doing a song about their family or something like that, and it was giving me shades of that song, of course, like an off-budget, off-brand version of that song from the Fast and the Furious soundtrack, do you remember? That song that was like, I'll see you again. I can't do it. You guys, I can't sing. But I remember that song that was on the radio like every fucking second. Oh my God, we couldn't get away from that fucking song. And it was from that Fast and the Furious and it was like a slow rap. Or like a Will Smith, Just the Two of Us. You know, there's not a whole lot of slow rap songs that succeed. Not a a handful of them uh, can succeed, but I'm not sure that this one is going to be one that's going to be rising on the charts. Uh, But I did appreciate they were talking about mental health, at least I think. I really did try to listen. My my ears were open, and I was like, did he just rap something about depression? And if he did, a salute you. If not, maybe go back in the studio and re-record. Uh, anyway, it was, it was a song, and James came in, and he had an emotional moment listening to the song. And I wrote in my notes, what are we doing here? I was a little... <laughs> I just wrote, what are we doing here? And I was a little bit... I, I don't know. I, I don't know, you guys. But there was a montage that uh, we saw of James being an asshole. So he sits down with Lala in the studio and he says to her and she says to him, they want to make up, they want to move past it. And they rehash a little bit of the past. And then the producers show us a montage of James just being really horrible. 
And sometimes we forget, right? At the end of last season, I was totally on Team James. And it's like weird because we know he's done and said such horrible things, which are, they're things that if he were to said to any of us, or if he were to say that to me, I don't think I'd ever forgive him. But watching on TV, it's like we expect them to forgive him. And seeing it in montage form, it was very tough to see him doing the body shaming and calling out Lala's relationship with Randall. But he says in real time that he's 27 now. He's trying to grow up. And I'm proud. I'm happy for James. I want James to get it together because I think we all have a little bit of soft spot for him, despite all those awful things he said. Anyway, uh, they squash the beef. And then I wish they would have showed a flashback to the scene that sticks with me, which is when him and, and Lala and Faith, remember they went skinny dipping in LVP's pool or something? Does anyone remember that? That scene is forever ingrained in my brain, and uh, I will take it with me to my grave. And I'm not sure that I want to. It's just there. It shows up sometimes. You know, I'll be... At the grocery store, and that scene, I'll just pop in. I'll go, whoa, huh? I do the, I do a little Tim Allen, and I say, huh? <laughs> that scene just pops in, and I, I see James and Lala and Faith just romping around in that pool unexpectedly. Anyway, they squash their beef, Lala and James. It seems like they're friends again, and apparently they're going to be making some music together. Which you guys, that's did you guys see that music video with Sheena and Lala? It's called Like a Boss. I want that on iTunes. Where is it at? I loved it. Did you guys see it's a commercial for that movie, Like a Boss? But I want that on my Spotify playlist because it's fantastic. It's just Lala and Sheena. And Sheena is serving. She, she is serving. She is doing so good in that video. Anyway, then we cut to a scene with Ariana, Sheena, and someone named Danica at El Compadre, which is a great Mexican restaurant out here, by the way. Um, but we're meeting this Danica for the first time. Now, Danica's an assistant manager, but she was suspended because she pushed a guy that asked her for a three-way. And I thought, good for you, girl. Danica is an assistant manager at SIR. She's currently suspended. How was SIR today? It was busy, actually. Brought yeah. up like his own section. She shoved her bartender boyfriend during a shift because he suggested a threesome. So basically, she's just your typical SIR girl. Give me more of this woman, Danica. She seems like a great gal. And I'd love to learn more about this, Danica. Anyway, she says that Max slept with two of her friends and told the girls that he owned part of Tom Tom. And we're not getting good information from this Max guy. We are not learning good things about him. And I, quite frankly, am not Team Max. And so uh, hopefully he could change my mind. But so far, this Max and this Brett seem like assholes. Not on their team quite yet. We'll see. Um, but then meanwhile, we see Max at Drinks with Dana. And here's something else I want to say about Max. I wish he would wear a little powder. I know that he's a dude who maybe isn't so used to wearing makeup, but he's on camera. I wish he would just put a little powder on, maybe a little foundation, just something. And look, it's it's shine. It's camera shine. Sometimes you're sweaty. I don't know what it is. Maybe a little reflection. We've all been there. I see it. Sometimes I do an on-camera thing and I see myself and I think, oh my God, I was so shiny. And I would just hope that maybe in the future that we get some Max, some powder. I don't know, maybe one of the producers, the editors, they could just powder him up before he goes in a scene. Um, because he's just extra shiny, and I don't even know what he was saying to this Dana woman. Uh, but all I could think about was, like, we need to powder him up. I know this is supposed to be a reality show, and his reality is maybe that he doesn't wear powder. But I like a matte finish on these men on Vanderpump Rules. And quite frankly, I think Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz, they probably powder themselves up. I would imagine they put a little foundation, a little, a little rouge, maybe. I mean, I think the men on Vanderpump Rules probably wear, uh, have a whole kit of makeup. 
I bet they got themselves a whole little kit. And I would like Max to get a kit. And he's a good-looking man. It's just he's appearing a little shiny on camera. And he's new. And I hope one of the men, I hope Sandoval just pulls him aside and says, dude, Max, you need to get some powder, some rouge, some uh, some whatever you got to do to be on camera ready. Because it's distracting for the viewer. Anyway, Max says that he was kind of talking to Sheena for like a second. And then she told him about how she was on birth or she was getting off birth control. Max says, look, I'm 27. When a girl tells me she's getting off birth control, uh, I run for the other direction. And Sheena, meanwhile, is telling the girls that she was into Max. And then she even got him that Apple Watch, which we learned about last week. Sheena, she she had gotten him an Apple Watch. And he didn't even text her back, is what was revealed last week. Now, this week, we reveal a little bit more information about that Apple Watch. And we learned that it was given to him on Thanksgiving. And I thought, why Thanksgiving, Shishi? Why did she just give it to him on Thanksgiving? Are we giving gifts now for Thanksgiving? I thought we're supposed to be thankful for what we have, not giving new gifts. So is this something new that we're doing? We're giving boyfriends gifts? I understand giving a gift on Christmas, Valentine's Day, uh, anniversary, birthdays. But we don't give gifts on Thanksgiving, Shishi. So why were you giving him a $400 watch on Thanksgiving? I know we're on Team Shishi this season, but you guys, I was surprised. What are we doing giving gifts on Why Thanksgiving? What was the impetus there? What was the reasoning? I need more answers. I got to put my monocle on and figure this out. I put my detective cap, do some detective work because I don't understand. I need to get Sheena on the show. We need to get her on the show or someone from the show on the show to find out why was she doing it on Thanksgiving? What was that reason? Did she, was it a Black Friday deal? Maybe they told us it was Thanksgiving, but maybe she got a Black Friday deal the next day and she said it was for Thanksgiving, but you guys, I don't know. I'm going to put my monocle on later and figure it out. Anyway, at this uh, restaurant with the girls, Dana said she's a stand-up comedian. And I got so excited. She said, I'm a stand-up comedian. And I, my blood was like rushed. I was so excited. I thought, we're going to find out more about this, Dana. And she's going to be doing stand-up later. And I was so thrilled. I was on the edge of my seat. I can't wait. Because we've had so many iconic comedy scenes with these people on Vanderpump Rules. Of course, you remember the fight between Kristen and Ariana when uh, Ariana was saying she's very serious about comedy. I mean, that's one of the fights that we remember the most. So I was so excited for this, Dana, to be a comedian. Because I thought, we're going to see a scene where she bombs. More to come on that later. Anyway, then we cut to... Uh, let's see. We see it's sort of like a little montage scene. Stassi and Bo were... I don't know what they were doing exactly. They were filming a commercial... She brought him ranch. It's a lot of, she's, Stassi's doing a lot of ranch work these days. And I know half of her book is about ranch dressing, which God bless a wonderful book, but it seems like we're relying on a lot of ranch work these days. And I love Stassi, but I would like maybe to scale back because it seems like we're maybe making that into something of a personality. And look, I get it. You find what works for you and people like ranch. I'm myself not a ranch fan. I prefer like a hot sauce. I prefer a ketchup, a barbecue, uh, but I'm not a big ranch fan. Unfortunately, I apologize to my listeners. Some of you might be shocked. Some of you are clutching your invisible pearls as you hear me say that. But it seems like we're doing a lot of ranch work. Every scene Stassi's in, she's uh, talking about ranch. She's like, I brought you ranch. She's going to grandma's funeral with some ranch. I, I don't know. It seems like it's happening a lot, but she brought Bo some ranch and they had some sort of commercial shoot or something. Maybe I missed. I didn't hear what they were doing. I don't know. Then we also see uh, Vanderpump Dogs with LVP and Lala. I would like to see more of this dog's place without the stressors of the Johns. Remember on Real House of Beverly Hills how the Johns were always in it? I would like to see more Vanderpump Dogs because I like looking at the dogs. 
I just don't like looking at the people. I'm happy. This was a good scene with LVP and Lala because we got to see a lot of the dog work happening. But I don't know that I need to see any of the, the other workers there, which was what was happening on Beverly Hills. But I do like seeing dogs, which is fun. And then also, meanwhile, the other women on the show are going shopping for dresses for Britney's Bachelorette. Apparently, they're wearing tacky dresses. Sheena did make me laugh. She said, everyone thinks my dress that I wore in my wedding to Mike Shea was tacky. Maybe I should just wear that. And I laughed. Because it kind of was. It was beautifully... That wedding was... Oh my God, you guys, can we talk about that for a second? I know it happened a hundred seasons ago, but do you remember she made the guests clean up after the wedding? Ugh. You can't write that. That's something you cannot write. They had to just clean up the trash. (laughs) Just walk around, clean up the trash after the wedding. Ugh, you guys. Loved it. Remember on The Real Houses of Dallas this season, how everyone was talking about how, like, Leanne had no food? Imagine if Leanne just made the guests, like, clean up the trash after the wedding. Imagine what that would have... <laughs> hell, hell would have froze over over there on Dallas. Anyway, uh, we cut to Tom Tom, uh, Tom Tom with uh, Max, and they confront Max about saying that he owns part of the restaurant, and he has some excuse for it, which is fine. Uh, but he does say, this is the scene where Max says he's putting work before women. But it's like, then you're hooking with Dana. I don't know. I don't know. All I could think about is Dana's variety show at this point. I'm so excited for it because I think it's just going to be a train wreck. Um, but before we get there, we do see Brittany and Jax at Kyle Chan Design. We've seen this Kyle Chan before. He does a lot of the jewelries on uh, the show. You guys, I really don't care about this Brittany and Jax wedding at all. Zero. I just don't care about it at all. And I think maybe I just saw too much of it on social media. I hope that I care about it one day, because it seems like it's going to be the whole first half of this season. Uh, so I hope that I eventually care about it. But as of now, I don't. Jack says that Carter is just a good scam artist. And again, I, I feel like he's not a scam artist. I feel like he's just accidentally scamming. It's a very accidental. You know, he's just sort of fallen into it and like, oops, I'm scamming Kristen. I don't think it's purposeful. After seeing that scene with him, there's not seemingly a lot going on in there, in that head. So then we cut to Sir. Sheena's still hazing Dana. Dana confronts her about it and says, like, what's going on? And Sheena just says flat to her face, there's something that irks me and you irk me. It's something about you irking me. And we've all been there, too. And Dana, I will say, has one of these faces where she seems, it's like the resting bitch face, which I love. And that makes me very excited about Dana in the future. Because she just seems like she's over it all. She's just not interested in any bullshit. And that's the face that you get when you just look at Dana. And I like that. I like that in a person. I really like that in a person. Um, so I did understand what Chino was saying. I thought, we've all been there where we meet someone and there's nothing about them that is doing anything that we should dislike them for. But their face, you just see their face and you think, you know what? You irk me. All been there. Uh, but Sheena is a little bit threatened, and I think the OG cast members should be threatened by new people. And I think that's the right move to be threatened. Because quite frankly, there's too many fucking cast members. Eventually, some of you OGs are going to be cut out, uh, uh, sadly, unless we spin off into a new show. And so I think I would be threatened too. I would be threatened too. So then we cut to a scene with Ariana arriving at Sir. She looked amazing with that red cape. Because that red cape, uh, was it a cape? I don't know what it was. That red. I don't know, that red jacket, I thought she just looked phenomenal. Uh, but she meets Tom, and she says, she doesn't know what's going on, and this is exactly what she said. She said she was driving, she heard a new Justin Bieber song that she never heard before, and she just started crying, and I thought, wow, relatable. <laughs> We've all been there. How many times have I just cried in this car as I was driving for no good reason? 
And sometimes it happens when you're not even listening to a sad song. You know, so occasionally, like I'll put on a sad song as I'm driving, if I'm needing a good cry, a good car cry. You put on a sad, so you put on some Celine Dion from the 90s, you put on a slow ballad, uh, you put on some Adele 25, Adele 21, Adele 19, whatever age Adele was, you just put it on. And you let yourself have a good cry. But we've also been there where we just pop on the radio and Halsey comes on and we just start tearing up. You know, been there. All of a sudden we're watching a commercial for Like a Boss. Sheena and Lala are rapping and we start crying. It happens. But it was very relatable to me that she just said she was driving. Um, But Ariana, last season, she did, I thought, rightfully stick up for Tom with LVP about the business stuff. Uh, But of course, that means she has to deal with this now. She's got to deal with, she's got to talk to LVP. And here's what I don't like. She goes up to LVP and we see the scene where she's asking for a shift back. And it didn't feel real to me. It was like, I feel like we dipped our toe at the beginning of the season. The first episode, we dipped our toe in sort of pulling back the curtain and saying that these people don't work there anymore. But now we're kind of backtracking and we're having these people re-ask for their jobs there. And that leads me to believe that like producers got skittish. And I don't know this to be true. I don't know. But I feel like they got skittish. They were like, we need these people to work at Sir. And so they're kind of like dipping their toe back in. Sandoval's getting shifts at Sir bartending and saying he just likes to bartend there. Ariana's coming back and asking for a shift. It worries me a little bit. By the end of the season, they're all, what are they all going to work there again? Why can't we just have them not work there? We don't need them working there. It's fine. They're all intermixed with each other. I don't think we need them at shift sets, sir. And it, it, I think I was just teased. I felt like I was cock teased at the beginning of the season where it was like, oh, none of them work there anymore. And then now they're all asking for jobs back. I don't know. But I did like Ariana opened up about her mental health. And I always love on TV when somebody does that. And uh, she said she's just been having trouble getting out of bed. And as someone who suffered from depression, anxiety, I think it's it's relatable, you know, relatable. And I'm happy that Ariana and LVP are are back in each other's good graces. And I'm excited for this pair up. I'm excited for this team. Um, meanwhile, Sheena's joking. <laughs> Sheena's still joking about her eggs, and I love it. I loved it. Sheena was joking about having her eggs frozen to Brett, and you could just see Brett's face. Brett like basically broke up with her, even though they weren't together. And he said to her, I don't want anyone to think of us together. And that's a bold move, Brett, to just come in and to break up with someone who you're not dating. He just literally broke up with Sheena, even though they weren't dating. Even though they weren't dating. Uh, anyway, then we cut to Dana's comedy show, which I was, you guys, like I said, I was so excited the whole entire episode. I'm thinking, oh my God, all roads lead to this. And I was just thinking of all the comedic moments of the past where we saw Kristen on stage doing comedy. Saw stuff with Ariana and Kristen fighting about comedy. I thought we're in for something good. We even saw a flashback of Tom Sandoval doing some sort of comedic poem, uh, some poetry work. And I was so thrilled. I was giddy. I thought, this is what we need. She opened up with some AirPods humor. I thought, Amy Schumer wishes. Amy Schumer wishes. But it was like kind of bad AirPod humor. It was some joke about having AirPods being poor. And I was kind of on the fence. I thought it's kind of an okay joke, but I was still, I was judging and I was expecting it to keep getting worse. And then it kept getting better. And I was upset about it, you guys. I thought we need to cancel this show. We need to cancel Vanderpump Rules. This was when I worried the most. We hired a cast member who's actually funny. And that worries me. Because this Dana, she was doing some okay stand-up work. 
yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't a, who's a good stand-up? It wasn't Chris Rock. It wasn't a good, it wasn't the best set I've ever seen, but it certainly wasn't bad. Certainly was not bad. And she was doing some actual good stand-up. And I just wrote, we need to get out of here. This is the first sign I believe that the show needs to be canceled. I thought, we're going to have good comedians on this show? Uh Uh-uh. I'm interested in the bad. And Dana seems great. She seems like a great comedian. So what's going on? Ah, it was, I got blue balls from it too. I was so upset. There was one great moment where she said, and her stand up back, Dana said, Who here has had a toxic dude in their life? And then Tom Sandoval raised his hand so earnestly. And I thought, Good for you, Tom. I love Tom Sandoval so much, you guys. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. But I'm very worried about the Dana being a good actual comedian. What are we doing here? All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Then we cut to Kristen packing. She still looks a mess. Week to week, Kristen just looks more and more a mess, and I'm here for it. What would we do without Kristen, you guys? Kristen's the only one keeping this show together at this point, because she's the only one who's truly a mess. In Vanderpump Rules, we turn on to be a mess. We turn it on to watch people be messes. And Kristen's the only one who's truly, truly a mess right now. And bravo for that. Uh, but she's packing. Carter is moving her stuff. Uh, Jax and Katie pop by Kristen's house to uh, help her move. And Kristen's just got shit everywhere. She talks to Carter on the phone, and Carter acts like he's moving with her. And I think he is moving with her. And I think Kristen just doesn't know how to tell people, so she's just pretending he's not. And I kind of understand that. I I, I kind of do, but thank God for Kristen because she is truly losing it. Um, but she does say so. Jax is giving advice about Carter and what Kristen needs to do, and blah blah blah. And Kristen says that Jax is on his high horse, and I feel that way. Jax is on his high horse with everyone, with Sandoval in the house, and now with Kristen and Carter. It's like he's getting engaged, and he thinks he's got everything together, and it's annoying to watch. It's annoying to watch. He thinks he's like literally got it all together, and uh, I don't know. But uh, Jack says that Carter just needs a job. And I did agree with Jax then. I did. I thought Carter does just need a job. He needs to stop mooching. And we did learn last week that he was doing like photo shoots for Kristen or something like that. But quite frankly, you just need to break up. And this is why I don't think it's good for couples to work together. I don't think it's ever good for family or or couples to work together in any capacity. And the less capacity, the better. Because my family owns owns a company and they all work together. And I've never thought, I've never, it's never been great. I I used to work there when I was little, but I've 
never thought it was a good situation because you're too in each other's business. You see each other too much. And then inevitably, inevitably there's arguments. And I never thought it was good for a, particularly a relationship. It's one thing for siblings to work together and make something happen. But I think when you're in a loving relationship with each other, I think that can be troublesome. And so I wish Carter would just go get another job. And I think Carter is maybe thinking like he can get on this show full time. But we don't want you on the show full time, Carter. We've we've seen enough of you and we're ready for you to move on. So maybe just get a full time job. Carter's no Bo. Look, Bo was able to transition into a full time Vanderpump Rules cast member. And now he's in scenes doing ranch work and it's fine. He's getting a paycheck. But Carter is not catching on with audience the way that Bo is. So maybe Carter just needs a full-time day job. I don't know. Get a temp. Maybe start doing photography for other people. I'm not sure what he needs to do, but he needs to stop working with Kristen and get off the show. And then maybe the relationship would work. Like As Jax was saying, maybe that would make sense for their relationship. Anyway, Jax then disinvites Carter to <laughs> the bachelor party. Um, but... Jax, I just have to mention, is wearing a shirt with shorts on it. And I don't know, did I miss the explanation as to why? It's just a picture of good old Tom Schwartz on his shirt. And I think that was the only scene Schwartz was in. I think Schwartz was in, I don't know, one moment earlier in the episode. And then for the most part, we just saw Schwartz on Jax's t-shirt. And maybe that's the way that the OG is preparing to integrate with the cast. You know, maybe that's how they're trying to secure their jobs, secure the bag, if you will. They're just going to print t-shirts with each other on it and then wear them in each other's scenes because we're going to be getting less and less screen time with the OGs. So maybe this was a smart move on Schwartz's part. He thought, you know what? I'm going to give all the cast members a shirt with my picture on it and that way they can't get rid of me. That Maybe this was a power play from Schwartz. And quite frankly, as I'm thinking it now and we're talking about it, I'm thinking this was smart. Smart move, Schwartz. You're finding a way in. You're finding a way to keep your uh, paycheck and you're realizing that you're maybe not going to be filming as many scenes now that we have such a large cast. So you're just giving people shirts with your face on it. And that's actually very smart. I didn't think Schwartz would be that intelligent, but, uh, you know, he is. Quite frankly, he's bamboozled us all. And now he's going to be in more scenes than anyone. And I salute that, Schwartz. I salute him. I'm still very attracted to Schwartz's new haircut, too, by the way. P.S. That short cut on him. It's not a bob, but we're going to call it a short bob. Um, anyway. Jax does disinvite Carter to the bachelor party, and Kristen then just cries into Carter. And she's really, Kristen's losing it, you guys. Kristen's losing it, but God bless. And Katie and Jax just stand there as Kristen cries into Carter, and it's just so confusing. It's like, well, you're telling everyone that you're broken up with him, and here he is moving your stuff and you're crying into him. You know, I'm proud of Kristen. I'm proud of her for getting the screen time. And I, it seems like Kristen's going to be leading this season. She's getting the most screen time out of anyone. And good for her. I'm proud of that. Because last season, Kristen was almost like a side character, and I was upset about it. And now we're getting more Kristen than ever. There were rumors last season that Kristen was demoted. Remember that appeared in Radar Online or, or one of those blogs that said Kristen was demoted. And now here she is ruling the roost, if, if you will. Ruling the roost. So good for you, Kristen. Next week, we get more of Dana versus Sheena, and we get Tom versus Stassi. Tom Sandoval versus Stassi. Very excited about that. I'm very, I don't, Stassi like yells at him in the preview. She says, you're egotistical or something. I'm very excited, but it looks like a good fight. I hope it is. I hope it is. Anyway, that's the episode, you guys. Uh, I have to say, if you haven't picked up Fancy AF Cocktails, you should. It's a book, uh, speaking of Vanderpump Rules, that I co-wrote with Ariana and Tom from Vanderpump Rules. 
And it's a fantastic cocktail recipe book. Go get it at Amazon or, or your indie bookseller, wherever you buy books. Um, you can get it. If you want to support this podcast, go to uh, patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron and you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month. There's some old Vanderpump Rules recaps up there, which are really fun. But uh, more importantly than the bonus episodes, the money just supports the show. So thank you. And thank you for all bearing with me uh, as I'm healing for this from this surgery. I'm going to need a long-ass nap now. I'm feeling exhausted, but uh, I, um, I'm healing. And uh, what was I going to say? I, was, I feel like I had a point there, but maybe I didn't. Anyway, go get the live show tickets. There's only a few left. So everythingiconic.com, click live shows. Uh, there's a t-shirt links in the episode description. So go to, I think it's everythingiconic.shopify for those. I think I'm going to work on some Queen Icon Legend t-shirts. We need a Queen Icon Legend shirt, don't we? Um, but uh, without, with all that said, thank you all so much for listening. Let's do a little cool down. I definitely need this. I feel like this was like took it out of me, you guys. This took it out of me. This was the most I've talked in like a week. I've watched so much TV. I'll talk about it. I'm going to do a housewife recap uh, for uh, tomorrow or later this week. So I'll talk about some of the wrecks I have for you guys. But I did, I watched Cheer on Netflix. I loved it. But anyway, let's do a little cool down. Let's all take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Take one more deep breath in. I just want to say, if you're dealing with something in your body, just make sure to listen to your body. I truly believe that sometimes our bodies try to tell us things. And my body was telling me, hey, you have appendicitis. And I wasn't listening. And I finally listened and I had to have emergency surgery. (laughs) So listen to your body. Whatever's going on, listen to it. Get to the doctor if you need to. I know it can be expensive, though. That's frustrating. But listen to your body. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful week. There'll be a housewife recap later on. I love you all so much for listening. Bye bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 